Jesus taught us a very specific way to communicate with God. Today, the power of prayer and fasting. Stay tuned. People think that if you talk a lot or say a lot, that actually God is hearing you, but that does nothing. God is not pleased with that kind of praying. That's not the kind of prayer that Jesus prayed. Welcome to Bold Steps with Mark Job, President of Moody Bible Institute and Senior Pastor of New Life Community Church in Chicago. Today we begin a new series of messages titled Agents of Change, and one of the most important ways to bring about that change is by prayer. But how do you pray effectively? Maybe you struggle with how to pray. Well, Mark, in your message today, we return to the Lord's Prayer as our example. Yeah, this is such a key habit. And Wayne, so many people struggle with prayer. You want to make a Christian feel guilty, ask them, <laughs> how's their prayer life? Yes. And they'll put their head down. But the disciples specifically asked Jesus how to pray, and Jesus told them how not to pray, and he told them how to pray. And here's the thing. So many people know how to say the Lord's Prayer, but Jesus never said, pray the Lord's Prayer. He said, pray after this manner. Okay. And he gave them a template of how to pray. I've been using this for years. Really? As I, I, I just, I think through the Lord's Prayer, but I think through the segments and it helps me keep this pattern of prayer and I use it in my prayer life all the time. By the way, I also want to say that at the beginning of every year, at the church that this is preached at, we do a 21-day season of fasting and prayer. So you're going to hear about fasting in there as well, which I think is a lost discipline. So this is going to be a great series. Yeah, it's very timely here as we start this new year together, isn't it? So let's go to Matthew chapter 6 now, part one of today's Bold Steps message. Here's Pastor Mark Job. In Matthew chapter 6, Jesus is talking to his disciples And he introduces three habits, three powerful disciplines and habits. In verse 2 of Matthew chapter 6, Jesus says, when you give. In verse 5, he says, when you pray, he introduces the habit of prayer. And in verse 16, he says, and when you fast, he introduces the habit of fasting. Giving, praying, and fasting are three powerful spiritual disciplines that Jesus talks about. Now, he doesn't say if you fast. He says when you fast. The the implication is that you will fast. He doesn't say if you give. He says when you give. He doesn't say if you pray. He says when you pray. Implicit in his statement is the fact that you should pray, you should give, you should fast, and he tells us how to do these things. Now, when it comes to prayer... And I'm going to focus on just one of these habits, which is the habit of prayer. In Luke chapter 11, we find uh, Jesus teaching his disciples how to pray in two chapters in the Bible. Luke chapter 11 and Matthew chapter 6. In Luke chapter 11, verse 1, it tells us that one day Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. Have you ever seen someone do something really, really well? 
And then you, when you see them do that, you say, hey, teach me. I want to learn to do it the way you do it. Uh, someone makes arroz con gandules really well for all my Puerto Rican friends here. And you taste it and you say, wow, that is so good. Teach me. How do you make that? And you want to learn from them because they do it so well that you want to learn from them. Or if you're a novice guitar player and you hear someone playing a tune and you say, hey, can you teach me to play that song the way you play it because you see someone do it with excellence, you want to learn from them. Jesus' disciples were watching him pray. Maybe they saw him at a distance as he just was passionate talking to God where he seemed connected to God and it seemed like everything that Jesus prayed came to pass and they saw his intensity, his communion, the way he did it and they wanted to learn from him. They wanted to learn from him how to pray the way he prays. So today I want to teach you how to pray like Jesus prays. I'm convinced that if you listen to this message and apply this message, that some of you will be able to pray like you've never prayed before. In fact, I think some of you are intimidated by prayer. If I were to say right now, let's stand up and have you pray out loud, some of you would get really nervous. In fact, you've gone to a group, haven't you, where everybody's in a small group and everybody's taking turns praying and goes from one person to another and you're standing in the circle holding someone's hands and your hands are starting to shake and get sweaty because you know it's coming around to your, your time to pray and you say, but I don't know how to pray like they pray. And you think that you don't know how to say the words like they say it. You don't know the formula that you, you use. If you, if you haven't been a Christian for a long time, you hear other people pray and you say, wow, they pray so well. I want to learn to pray like they pray. Well, today I want to teach you how to pray like Jesus prays. And I believe that many of us don't know how to pray really the right way. And Jesus is teaching us how to pray. So Matthew chapter 6, verse 5 Jesus starts out by telling his disciples how not to pray. Before we can learn how to pray, we have to learn how not to pray. It says in verse 5, And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, Close the door and pray to your father who's unseen. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like the pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your father knows what you need before you ask him. So first of all, let me tell you how not to pray. Are you with me? I'm going to tell you how not to pray. There's two things that Jesus tells us not to do when we pray. Number one, he says, don't pray as a public performance. Some people pray only in public. They have long drawn out prayers in public, but they never pray in private. If you're praying and your prayer is almost like making a speech, 
He says, don't pray that way because your, your Father in heaven is not listening to you if you're praying so that other people can hear you merely. In fact, he says that the Pharisees or the hypocrites love to pray in public places. So the Pharisees would get on the street corner and they pray out loud so people thought they were religious and very prayerful. Or they would love to pray in the synagogue long, flowery, elaborate prayers so people would say, wow, they pray so well. And Jesus said, you know what? They have the reward. Their reward is people thinking, people admiring them for their prayer. But if you really want God to answer your prayer, what you need to do is you need to go to your house, you need to go in your room, you need to close the door, and in private, you need to have a get-down time of prayer with God the Father. That's how you pray. Now, when I want to have an intense conversation with my wife, maybe there's people in the house or my kids are there, and we want to really talk, I'll say, let's, let's talk. Come to the room. Let's talk in the room. Because I don't want to have the conversation in front of everybody. And so we go to a private room and we close the door, because we know if the doors are closed now, we can be honest. And it can be up front, and it can be a candid conversation. It can be a real nitty-gritty conversation because it's not for other people. It's just for her and I. Now we're really, really going to talk. How about it? With God, it's the same way. What God is saying is that if you're going to pray, it can't be a public performance. When you're going to pray, the best prayer warriors are people that pray in private, they close their door. They spend time before God in prayer. They get on their knees before the Lord with the door closed, and they get honest and real and raw and passionate and upfront with God. That's where the real praying happens. So he says, don't just pray to be seen publicly. Pray privately. Number two, he says, and when you pray, do not keep babbling like the pagans, for they think that they will be heard because of their many words. So secondly, don't pray just publicly to be seen. Secondly, don't pray with ritualistic repetition, but meaningful conversation. Many of us, when we pray, if we have never been taught to pray, what we do is we repeat a prayer but we don't really have a conversation with God. In fact, the prayer that Jesus taught us to pray is called the Our Father, or what? The Lord's Prayer. I grew up in a school when I was young in which every day before class would start, uh, there was a boy that would stand on one side and a girl that would stand on the other side. And the boy and the girl would both say, Two prayers. They would say the Our Father, and they would say the Hail Mary. Every day. And when school was over, the kids would get up, and they would say the Our Father, and they would say the Hail Mary. Every day. Some of you, when you think about prayer, you were taught that to pray is to say the Lord's Prayer over and over and over, as fast as you can, as many times as you can. This is not about repeating a prayer and seeing how many times you could repeat it. You're not praying by simply repeating the Lord's Prayer over and over without even thinking about it. How many of you know you could say something and not even think about it? 
And if you said it enough times, you could be thinking about something completely different while your, while your words, while your m- mouth is, is, is saying the words. How many of you know you can do that? You're saying it, but you're not really thinking about it. And so Jesus said, don't pray that way because people think that if you talk a lot or say a lot, that actually God is hearing you, but that does nothing. God is not pleased with that kind of praying. That's not the kind of prayer that Jesus prayed. We're learning how prayer can deeply and powerfully affect and shape our spiritual lives. This is Bold Steps with our teacher, Mark Job. I'm Wayne Shepherd with a quick time out. Mark will be back in a moment, so don't go away. But I want to remind you that if you ever miss any of these broadcasts on the radio, no worries. All of our program audio is available online at boldstepsradio.org. There you'll find the archive of our previous Bold Steps programs. You'll find details about our special resource this month and an email link to get in touch with Mark. Also, there's information there on how you can become a Bold Partner who helps support this radio ministry. It's all there online at boldstepsradio.org. By the way, you can find even more teachings from Mark and browse through his entire sermon archive by visiting moodyaudio.com. Feel free to search for a message based on a specific topic, sermon series, or book in the Bible. Again, that's moodyaudio.com. And one last reminder, if you haven't already, subscribe to our podcast channel and get each of these daily messages downloaded automatically to your phone or mobile device. Whether you prefer Apple, Spotify, or any podcast app, you'll find us by searching for Bold Steps with Dr. Mark Job. Like our page and leave us a comment to let us know you're listening, and then share some of your favorite messages with friends and family. All right, back to today's message now. Once again, here's Mark Job with more Bold Steps. It would be, for example, if I got up one day and I looked at my wife and I said, Honey, you know, we've been married for almost 30 years. Roses are red. Violets are blue. The center of my world begins and ends with you. I think the first time she would say, Oh, that's nice. Did you get that from a Hallmark card? No, she'd say, Oh, that's nice. And if later on I said, Hey, honey, Violets are red. Roses roses are red, sorry. Violets are blue. The center of my world begins and ends with you. She said, that's nice. You told me that already. And then I would say, hey, roses are red, violets are blue. The center of my world begins and ends with you. She said, okay, that's enough, honey. And if I got it the next morning and went, went down to get breakfast, she said, is my coffee ready? I'd say, roses are red, violets are blue. The center of my world begins and ends with you. She would say, stop saying that. (laughs) Roses are red, violets are blue. Stop. She would say, stop repeating that. She would say, talk to me. Don't repeat something to me over and over. God's saying, no, no, no. I don't want you to repeat a prayer. I want you to speak to me. I want you to talk to me. I want you to pray, but really pray. So what did Jesus mean when he taught us the Lord's Prayer? This is how you ought to pray. Because in verse 9, Jesus says then, this is how you ought to pray. Now I want you to notice he doesn't say, this is the prayer you are to repeat. In fact, if you look at this phrase in the Greek, you'll discover that it really says, pray after this manner 
or after this fashion or after this pattern. Jesus was not teaching us a prayer. He was teaching us a pattern of praying. Are you with me? He was not teaching us a prayer to repeat. He was teaching us a pattern of prayer to follow. And so I'm going to teach you to, re- to pray, not just repeat a prayer. And I want to break down the Lord's Prayer because if you look at the Lord's Prayer, you find that there's six key elements in this prayer. In fact, some of you have prayed the Lord's Prayer. It takes you, what, 20 seconds to pray the Lord's Prayer. But if you follow the pattern that I'm about to give you, some of you will be able to pray for 15, 20 30 minutes for the very first time in your life, engage in in significant, meaningful prayer that pleases the heart of God and connects you with your creator. So this is how you break down the pattern of prayer. There's six key elements. If you're taking notes, I want you to jot this down. Number one, he focuses on position. The first phrase says, our father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. How does he address God? As our what? Father. See, I love that. Because you as a man or woman are coming before God, not just as God the creator, but you're coming to God saying, Father, I'm your son or your daughter. You are my father. The Bible says that we call him Abba Father, which means daddy. You are not just addressing God as this distant supernatural being. You are coming to God because you've been born again by his spirit, indwelt by him, sealed by him, adopted by him. You have a special relationship with God. He is your heavenly father. You have access to God as a son or daughter of the most living, the most high God. So you're coming to him saying, Father. It's a powerful concept that you can come to the God of the universe and call him Father. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Now, some of you have repeated hallowed so long, but you have no idea what hallowed means. The word hallowed comes from the word holy. So when you say holy is your name, we are saying holy means set apart like no other. In essence, you are saying My dad, you're in heaven. Your name is like no other name. It's set apart. It's like no other name. So what is the name of God? Well, our English version of the Bible calls him God. In the Jewish tradition, he was referred to as Yahweh. Almost unpronounceable name of God. Our English Bibles translate it Jehovah. But here's what you find in the Old Testament is that he's called Jehovah, but then he's given an adjective. For example, he's called Jehovah in the Hebrew, it's Sidkenu, which means the Lord is my righteousness. So God's name is I am your righteousness. God, your righteousness. He makes you right before him. His name is also Jehovah in Kadesh, which means the Lord who sanctifies. He's the one that cleanses you, washes you, and makes you pure. He's Jehovah Shalom, the God who gives you peace. 
He's Jehovah Rophi, the God who heals you. He's Jehovah Jireh, the God who provides all of your needs according to his riches and glory. He's Jehovah Nisi, the Lord is my banner. He's Jehovah Rophi, the Lord is my shepherd. All those names are mentioned in the Old Testament about God. He is God, but in his name, he is all that you need all of the time because he is your God. By the way, I've used this pattern of prayer for years in my life. I've used it for years. And when I pray, I come before God and I say, I'm so glad that you're my father. There's no one like you, Lord. I'm in a relationship with you and it makes me want to praise him and glorify him as I start my time of prayer. This is Bold Steps, and you're listening to the Bible teaching of Mark Job. To hear today's program from start to finish or any of the previous programs you may have missed, go to boldstepsradio.org. On our website, we also encourage you to get connected with us and share your story. We love hearing how these lessons have been applied and the impact God is making through our bold, faithful teaching. So click on the tab that says Be Bold Stories and share yours with our growing community. Or leave us a voicemail at our new phone number. It's 312 312- 329-2011. That's 312-329-2011. Mark? Yeah, well, Wayne, it's good to have once again in the studio with us right here in the heart of Chicago, Dr. Joe Stoll. By the way, there's a coffee shop in our campus <laughs> right here called Joe's. Some of the best coffee in Chicago, let Absolutely. me tell you. <laughs> By the way, try the Spanish latte next time mm. you're there. They make it fabulous. But besides having coffee shops named after him, this man is uh, a, a man that I really appreciate, appreciate his love for Jesus. And Joe, as, as we enter into this new year, as we start this new year out, you know, there's people that are emotionally drained, mm. tired already. They haven't even started this year very much into it, and they're already exhausted. And I wonder if you could speak for a moment to those people that maybe are just feeling like, I don't know if I can handle one more week, one more month. I don't look forward with great joy or faith to this year because I'm just tired. Mm. I think maybe I would just encourage people to get a breath of fresh air. And that breath of fresh air is really the Word of God. When I think of God's Word, He spoke and creation happened, Mm. the universe, everything that's beautiful around us. Uh, He spoke and the sea parted. Mm. He spoke and His Son rose from the grave. So it's the Word of God is that breath of fresh air into our lives. He gives us new perspectives on how to look at that old baggage that we're dragging into this year. He helps us unload it for some better options in our lives. And so I would just say, let's listen to God's Word instead of all the, all the chaos around us that's screaming in our heads. Let God speak to us. And I think that's a real key in a new year to putting the baggage aside and starting over again. I love it. You've heard it from Joe Stoll. If you want to start out well, leave the baggage behind. Get to the Word of God. And Wayne, there's a resource we have that can help us do that, right? On a regular basis, makes it easy and simple. Tell them about that. Absolutely. That resource is the book from Dr. Stoll called Strength for the Journey. 
And this year, we do want you to step into a new chapter of trust and courage and assurance in your faith. And that's why we're offering Joe's book, Strength for the Journey, as our bold step gift. This book takes you through six devotionals each week and a psalm for the seventh day, plugging you into the ultimate source of deliverance, the presence of God. For the Christian pilgrim seeking guidance, this bold step gift is a valuable companion. Dr. Soul's encouraging devotionals provide a roadmap for the ups and downs of the faith journey, offering strength and nourishment for every step through every season. So don't wait. Immerse yourself in this compelling devotional and rediscover hope anew by requesting your copy of Strength for the Journey. It's yours today when you give a gift of any amount to support Bold Steps. Call us at 844-615-7363. That's 844-615-7363. Or go online to boldstepsradio.org. Or mail your donation to Bold Steps, 820 North LaSalle Boulevard, Chicago, Illinois, 60610. And for a gift of any size from our first-time donors to Bold Steps, you'll receive a thank-you email containing the link to Mark Job's brand-new e-devotional that you can download right into your phone or tablet for easy reading. That's two devotionals for just one gift from any first-time donor. So if you've never given to Bold Steps before, now is the perfect time to do so. You'll get Dr. Stoll's Strength for the Journey and Dr. Job's 30-day e-devotional, Bold Steps with Jesus, by giving your gift of any amount today at boldstepsradio.org. Or call us at 844-615-7363. 844-615-7363. I'm your host, Wayne Shepherd. Be sure to come back next week when we continue with this message about the power of prayer and fasting. It's from our series called Agents of Change, coming up Monday on Bold Steps with Mark Joe. Bold Steps is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.